Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. What a country we have. America's truly beautiful. And that's despite the way we Americans run our government, our politics, and our national lives. But we usually do find our way forward. That's usually not always. Take, for example, what the Republicans are doing right now. Projected to win a huge majority in the House, 20 to 30 seats, some thought maybe 40 to 50. But the GOP turned out to be just lucky enough to eke out the smallest midterm gains for any party out of power in decades. But they won control of the House. And unfortunately, they also appear intent on screwing it up. Kevin McCarthy won nomination to be Speaker, but he's a rhino. He is a very nice guy. He is very likable. Heck, I like Kevin. But there's no way the Republican conference should have nominated a rhino to be Speaker. And certainly no way they should turn over the third most powerful office in our government to a Romney-Ryan rhino. And now that everybody understands that Congressman Andy Biggs the co-founder of the Freedom Caucus means business and running against McCarthy. They're also coming to the realization there are more than enough votes to block McCarthy. More than enough. And the establishment rhinos are now pulling out the stops. First, fear-mongering, declaring the Democrats will figure out a way to steal the Speaker's gavel if there's a lot of debate and days taken in making a decision about the Speaker. It's all pure nonsense, of course. And now they're saying that a fight for the speakership will delay investigations of Biden's corruption and his disastrous border policies, and the list goes on. Again, it's all nonsense. So what if there is a delay? This isn't an intramural contest. It's a fight for the soul of the Republican Party, and ultimately the only force capable of stopping the Marxist Dems and their destruction of all that is America. When President Obama said he wanted the fundamental transformation of America, that was a war cry. And the Marxist Dems listened, and Republicans didn't. They didn't get the message, and they didn't respond. Obama's fundamental transformation is far advanced, and it was far advanced by the time Trump took the presidency. And what has ensued over the past six years has been a battle between the Marxist Dems, corporate globalists, and the Obama deep state against the Trump MAGA Republicans, middle-class populists, and working families. It is a war waged by the Marxist Dems and the deep state against America. And most Republican leaders, unfortunately, appear to only now be realizing the stakes, the republic's very survival, and their own. Our guest is Congressman Greg Stubbe. He represents Florida's 17th District. He's a member of two of the most important House committees, Judiciary and Foreign Affairs. 
Congressman Subi, first of all, it's great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Congratulations on your reelection and the GOP winning back the House. Let's start, if we may, with what's happening right now in the fight for the speakership. What do you see happening and what do you want to happen? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, interesting times, obviously, to serve in Washington. We thought that we would we would win the majority by a lot more than we won the majority. Um, and I believe McCarthy can only lose four votes on the floor. And as as we talk, um, there are five Republican members who have said publicly that they will not support him. Um, this week, there's going to be a, a meeting on the rules. The big sticking point for a lot of the Freeman caucus has been some of the rules and allowing your rank and file members more ability and taking some of the power from leadership as it relates to how the process internally works in the House and, and obviously allowing the American people more in, influence in that, which I fully support a lot of those rules. And uh, so I think some of that will be resolved this week, but I have not heard from those five that if that is resolved, if they're going to support um, Kevin. So you, Kevin's got a numbers problem. And the numbers problem is he's got five people that are publicly saying no, and he can't lose uh, more than four. Then there's been six members that signed a letter directly to him saying these are specific rule changes that we would like to see. And if um, we don't get these rule changes, then they're not going to support them. So that brings the number to 11. And obviously, there's no way to get there. I've talked to some some leaders of the Freedom Caucus, and they feel optimistic that uh, Mr. McCarthy is going to come to the to the middle on some of these rule changes. There's a lot that can happen, obviously, between now and January 3rd. But unlike the conference vote where McCarthy won 188 to 31, uh, unlike the conference vote, you got to get it's not just it doesn't necessarily have to be 218. It's the the voters that are present or the, the members that are present in voting. So if every single member of the House is there and we're at 435, it's 218. But like Karen Bass just got elected to mayor of L.A., so she's not going to be there and they have to have a special election for her seat. So there's probably not going to be 435. There's probably going to be like 433. So that lowers the number um, that McCarthy needs to get to, but that makes more, if there's more people saying no, that makes it harder for him to get there. So I think a lot of this is going to get worked out. I think the American people want us to show a united front that, hey, we're a Republican conference, we're going to stick together. And although we have difference of, of some opinions, we're going to work together to accomplish uh, the goals that the American people elected us to do. Yeah, I, I, I think, Congressman, if I may, my perspective is somewhat different. Uh, it seems to me the American people don't want no more of the Republican nonsense. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, putting uh, committee chairmen into roles in which they basically are toothless uh, and uh, unarmed, uh, coming together as a conference and putting up uh, one of the pre premier rhinos to lead what is a conservative conference, uh, in point of fact, a MAGA, and much of it MAGA and America first. Uh, I, I think they're a little dismayed uh, at, at the games that are being played by the Republican Party. I think that McCarthy, in my opinion, has made huge mistakes. Uh, he told the Freedom Caucus his first bargaining position was to go to hell. Uh, that wasn't smart. And uh, he is embracing uh, a lot of rhinos on those committee, uh, those chairmanships uh, of, of committees that are really important. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, if, if Jim Jordan was running, I would be very, 
adamant about Jim being the speaker, um, but Jim isn't isn't running. And he's um, when I first got elected four years ago, Jim ran against Kevin. And I guess since then, they've kind of hashed out their differences. But um, Jordan's supporting him. But I do I do not disagree with you for a second on the committee process, the way the steering process worked. There's a number of different amendments that the Freedom Caucus has that would address those issues. Uh, and frankly, it's going to impact my decision on if I stay on judiciary and foreign affairs and make a move somewhere else based on who the leadership of those committees are going to be. And we have we don't have what we should have within the conference, a meritocracy where we put the best. You know, I'm a I play baseball and I'm a, I'm a former military guy, so I'm a big team guy. And you put your best players on the field. You put your best players in positions where you can accomplish the mission uh, on the battlefield. And if we're not going to do that, then it's a, a huge discouragement to the base back home uh, when you put a rhino in charge of one of the most powerful committees. And it's also yeah. unfortunate because we're not going to get the things done that we want to get done. And uh, I can tell you from being very active during the campaign season in my own district, um, going to almost every other day, I was at Republican club meetings. I was at uh, events in my district and the, the, the base does not want us to do things the way Paul Ryan did things. They want us to go up there and do the things that the American people want us to do, uh, like uh, shut down the border, impeach Mayorkas, the type of things that the American people are claiming for. And the American people gave us the house. And if we don't do those things, we're going to do what happened with Paul Ryan and we're going to lose the majority again. Yeah. Or worse, we're going to lose a republic. Uh, we don't have time to screw around anymore. Uh, I think it's that that dire. I don't think there's any time here for platitudes and pleasantries. Uh, either the Republican Party decides that it can't compromise with Marxist Dems who are destroying the nation before our very eyes. Uh, you can look at any public policy that they are initiating and supporting or uh, advocating, and none of it is none, not one is in the interest of the United States of America or relates to our heritage, our values, our foundation, uh, and our our founding uh, documents, including the Declaration of Independence and Constitution. Uh, so I, I don't understand why there's even a discussion in the Republican conference about putting a man with the track record uh, that uh, Kevin McCarthy possesses even near the speakership. I don't understand why a Mike Turner uh, would be the person that you would want to have uh, chairing the Intelligence Committee. I, I think, for example, there's some great selections as well. Uh, James Colmer at Oversight, uh, Jim Jordan, as you say, at Judiciary. But why don't you guys draft Jordan? Uh, why don't you, you know, why does everybody have to follow in? I mean, it's a bizarre thing for me to witness. All of you type A, uh, terrific, talented people suddenly deciding that it's, a, you know, some sort of coffee clatch where no one wants to uh, bruise the other's eardrums. Uh, I think it's time for somebody to slam the damn table and start raising your voice. Well, and I think a lot of these guys who are standing up and, and saying exactly that, um, you know, again, it's basic math. If McCarthy can't get there, um, then somebody in the conference needs to stand up and, and say, look, this is the direction that I think the conference can go. The challenge that you have is you have a lot of the Mike Turners of the world and you have a lot of these Republicans in more moderate districts or more moderate members that are obviously a part of the conference. So let's say a Jim Jordan does run uh, or somebody else like uh, Banks ran for whip 
and I supported him for the whips race and uh, he didn't get there. So you have somebody that's more conservative, but these establishment Republicans aren't going to support them. And you still got to get to that 218 number. So it's 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 an interesting challenge that we find ourselves in, because I, I'm hearing from people just like you in my district um, that want me to stand up and not vote for Kevin. And my response to that is, look, I would support a guy like Jim Jordan, but he's not running. Um, there's no way that Biggs is going to be able to win the majority of the conference, let alone to get 218. Um, we haven't heard any other names. So I think, first of all, January 3rd is going to be a very interesting long day because if Kevin doesn't get there, somebody else is going to have to say, look, I take this challenge on. I want to govern from the right. I want to govern conservatively, but they're still going to have to get those establishment Republicans in more moderate districts to support them. Uh, no, and I understand that, but it's been my experience, at least, in, in watching uh, the process now for, for some time, that the Republicans make one mistake that uh, repeatedly, and that is that they bring a moderate to right conference to bear and then elect a damn rhino to lead them. And immediately the negotiation is over with the other side. And by the way, the other side is no longer waiting for the Republicans uh, to, uh, to negotiate. They're ramming everything through. Uh, they will continue to do so through the, uh, I think, and I'd like to hear your opinion. They're going to ram everything through in this lame duck session that they possibly can. And again, it's everyone in your, your district and every district of every congressman and woman in the country. They know exactly what I'm not saying anything new here. They don't want Paul Ryan uh, as a speaker in the proxy of Kevin McCarthy. They don't want a House uh, Intelligence Chair who won't investigate the CCP in the damn United States. They don't want a guy who buries investigations. They want a man who will be actually showing us the documents to Russiagate. And that isn't. That isn't the plan as laid out by Kevin McCarthy. Uh, it, it is sickening to think what you guys may do to yourselves and to the country. Well, I think as it relates to China, I think because he appointed that special committee on, on China and Gallagher, who in all impressions that I've had of him is a pretty conservative guy. Um, I haven't heard that Mike is not, Mr. Turner is not willing to investigate some of the CCP stuff. If he's not, I would love to have a conversation with him. And you're right. Maybe we need to look at new leadership. Uh, if these people aren't willing to do the things that um, the American people want us to do, it's I, I'm on judiciary and foreign affairs and um, you have good, strong leadership in Jim Jordan. We're going to go through impeachment proceedings on Mayorkas. We're going to investigate all the travesties that are happening with the invasion on our our southern border. We're going to pass an immigration reform bill, uh, knowing that obviously a, a Democratic Senate is not going to pass it. But we can use that appropriations process to accomplish policy objectives, especially as it relates to the border, because Homeland Security gets all its funding from the House. Um, so there will be a lot of things that we'll be able to do in the Judiciary Committee. Uh, Foreign Affairs is going to go after investigating Afghanistan. We're going to create a committee to investigate Hunter Biden's foreign dealings in Ukraine, Hunter Biden's foreign dealings in China. Um, so there will be a lot of good things that the conference is going to do uh, as it relates to the investigative powers that we will soon have. Yeah, I, I I think that is all to the good, and I applaud you for it. And and, and Congressman, my uh, my criticism of the conference does not extend to you. I think you are uh, one of the 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 bright uh, uh, leaders uh, uh, that I think who I think should 
should be taking more of a role in the conference. Uh, I, you may resist that idea, but I think uh, you should be uh, at the forefront. Uh, and I don't understand uh, why there is this acquiescence. And, and uh, it, it just drives me, uh, well, a little bit impatient. I'll put it that way. I'll take down the hyperbole. Uh, you've got a Kevin McCarthy, by the way, said he's not going to go for impeachments. And yet here we are talking about the impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, which I think is entirely appropriate. And you and I both know that there are other names that should be on that list. Uh, how do you square that up with uh, Kevin McCarthy saying he's against impeachments, but the conference wanting to persist? I don't think he's going to have a choice. And and that's the other thing, too, of one of these rules changes that the um that the Freedom Caucus wants to change is the motion to vacate the chair. So if he pulls crap like that, so let's say, I mean, I, I'm in a press conference uh, this week and we're going to we're going to talk about impeaching Mayorkas. There's 25 members uh, that are speaking at this press conference. That's a that's a large um, subset of the conference. That's just who's willing to speak on. And I'm sure there's more that are willing to support it. You've got the Judiciary Committee that obviously has the support to do that. And if the Judiciary Committee goes through that process and sends an impeachment article um, to the floor and McCarthy doesn't allow that to be heard and debated and discussed and voted on, you're going to see these rule changes as it relates to vacating the chair. He's not going to be there if he does, if he is able to get there, he isn't going to be there very long if he's not going to do what the majority of America wants us to do. And it is so flagrant. The, the clear violations of our constitution and the laws that Congress has set forth as it relates to our immigration that is being intentionally and deliberately violated every single day at the border in violation of Secretary Mayorkas's oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. It couldn't be a better example. And you're right. It's not just him. It goes all the way to the top. Um, the president is ultimately accountable for what's going on in Department of Homeland Security. And it should go all the way to the top. We're going to do the investigation to put that evidence before the American people so they can see uh, and support us on that. I think that's a 75%, 80% issue that we not only do the policy side of it, knowing that the Senate's not going to remove them, knowing that the Senate's not going to pass a bill, but then use that appropriations process when we go through the appropriations process to put riders on the Department of Homeland Security bill that says not a single dollar of this fund shall be used to allow an illegal immigrant to come into our country. And if they violate that, it's a felony. And uh, we start being very strong uh, where the American people want us to be on these issues, especially relates to the border. Let me ask you a question on that. Does the House not have the ability to shut down funding for the entire Department of uh, Homeland Security? Absolutely. Why would the conference not shut down the entire operation? What part of the operation is it that you think the conference would not have the guts to shut down that is so valuable to the American people? Uh, because I can't think of a single department. ICE isn't doing its job. Uh, DHS uh, largely isn't doing its job. You want to talk about cybersecurity and their important role in elections? I think we all agree that that's a joke. Uh, I'm trying to find out CIS. It still takes forever to get through legal immigrants. Uh, that needs to be reformed right now, not in two years, not in a year. It needs to be done now. And Mayorkas has to be brought up by the nape of his neck and told he's no longer a uh, a working Marxist activist. He is either going to be, you know, I'd give him no, I wouldn't give him militia. I'd tell him to get the hell out, uh, just as you're uh, recommending. But why not do that? Why not have the Republicans do something for a change? 
I 100% support that. I've said publicly, especially back in the district, that I actually think we should shut down the entire immigration process to this country until we get the current crisis under control. Why would we allow, I think it's a million a year that legally are allowed to come into our country. Why would we do that when 5 million have come in illegally in the Southern border and we have, you know, and DHS is playing defense on who these people are. We've let in, this is just a staggering number being a military veteran. We've let in 98 known terrorists into our country. And when Mayorkas was before the judiciary committee, what's well, been a year ago now, we asked him under oath, of at the time, I think it was like 34 or 40 known terrorists of these known terrorists that have been apprehended at the border. Did you release them back into our country? And he refused to answer the question. So that tells you everything you need to know about where they feel the safety and security of the American people are, that they would let in 98 known terrorists and not yeah. deport them back to their host country. Can I tell you, I, I really think and that's you're exactly right. But I think the whole country wants you to start at where we are instead of where we've been uh, for the past two years we've watched everything happen we've got six million illegal immigrants and immigrants in this country who have crossed that border and includes visa overstays as well uh, we don't know how much money has been spent to house them domicile them uh, feed them uh, get them into uh, sh shelter and provide for their uh, daily uh, sustenance uh, we don't know we don't see the budget for it you guys aren't even asking for the budget, as far as I know. I don't know of a single congressman who's asked for the budget for the uh, for bringing in all of these illegal immigrants. And I don't understand how anybody can complain about six million illegal immigrants walking in here and being distributed across the country in the dead of night and not say we're going to shut down the entire DHS until this idiot uh, administration run by an impaired uh, president uh, comes to heal uh, because you guys are the people's voice. No one is more representative of the American people in point of fact than you. Well, and it's interesting you bring that point up. I talked to staff yesterday about the moment, the moment that the new Congress starts on January 3rd, we have the ability to file bills once we're sworn in. And one of the very first things that I intend to file is a bill that would do away with all taxpayer benefits to illegal immigrants, Medicaid, Social Security, disability, going through all TANF, SNAP, welfare, all these different things that over the years, they've taken out the words that allow this to go to any person. And so obviously these funding mechanisms are going to illegal immigrants that are illegally allowed to come into our country. You start closing that down and we have the power to do that because the purse strings reside in the house, the founders of our constitution were brilliant in dividing that power and knowing that if you had the power of the purse in the executive branch, it would corrupt. So allowing us the ability to do that, those are absolutely the things that we're going to have to do. And we're going to have to take a stand and dare President Biden to shut down the government over the fact that we don't want to give taxpayer benefits to people that have already broken our laws, our president in our country illegally. Uh, I think that's a wonderful idea. And, uh, and I want to be clear for the audience. Uh, you you all have heard about uh, line item vetoes, and presidents want that every day. But it turns out the House of Representatives actually has line item veto, doesn't it? Because you can take any program, policy, department within the entire budget and defund it. It's that straightforward. All that is required is the political will, guts, courage, and principle. And the, this conference is not making me brim with confidence 
that those are descriptive uh, adjectives uh, for the conference. What do you think? No, I agree with you 100%. We have the ability to do that. And given the crises all across the board from the wokeism in the military and vaccine mandates and what's happening on our border, uh, that is 100% a way, and I certainly support doing it, to get the country's attention and this administration's attention if they don't have the money to push wokeism on our military uh, to allow legal immigrants to come into our country and all of the horrible things that this administration has done to basically destroy our country and our republic uh, in the last two years. And that's the stand that we're going to have to take. And I think the American people want us to do that. And you're right, if we don't, um, we're probably not going to be in the majority for very long because it's going to be like, what's the difference between you guys and the Democrats? But no, there are members like myself that agree with you on those issues and uh, we'll file those type of amendments when we go through the appropriations process. And you're absolutely right. That's the kind of stuff that we absolutely have to shut down uh, the moment we get the gavels. And what you're proposing, when I say you, what your conference is proposing is a man in Kevin McCarthy who is a deadhead. There's no fire in his belly except for a meeting with another lobbyist from K Street. Uh, He is, uh, I find him a very likable fellow. He's also a very dangerous fellow. Uh, just as as every rhino in your conference. And if you guys don't find the energy and the and the motivation to take care of this country right now, with this majority, you've, ma- you've maneuvered yourself into a very, very difficult situation. You're actually going to be accountable, and there are no excuses for not, not getting it done. Uh, I, I want to talk about what some of the other things that you want to do, which I think are terrific as well. Uh, ending the, the censorship uh, and going after big tech and uh, dismissing their immunity from accountability on the part of the American people and allowing us to protect our First Amendment rights. I think that's a terrific idea. Uh, tell us where it's headed. Yeah, and this is a bill I've worked on for the last couple of years once we realized um, that big tech is obviously using their power to censor conservatives, to change thought and the way that people are allowed to express their First Amendment rights. And um, now that we get in the majority, this is going to be a bill. It touches several different committees. Judiciary is one of them, but also goes through energy and commerce that there's a broad uh, support in our conference for. And what my bill would do, so these these big tech companies like Facebook and Twitter, and thankfully we have Elon Musk dumping all of this information, facts that we knew were going on, but now we have the actual evidence to support the contention that it was going on, and it's not a conspiracy theory. Um, the, they have liability protection under Section 230. Years ago, Congress, long before I was here, gave them immunity because they were these big tech companies were afraid they'd be sued out of an existence if they didn't have some type of protection for what people were putting on their platforms. Well, fast forward to now, the uh, the liberal elitists and the progressives that run these companies um, have been censoring conservatives and and changing uh, speech and like you know the the best example is the New York Post story on the Hunter Biden laptop and uh, my bill would allow a market dominant test so the big guys you know the Facebooks the Twitters the Googles um, would not have liability protection if they violate your First Amendment rights so. If the New York Post got banned a Hunter Biden story, they could sue uh, Twitter for that. And I, I would submit to you would see very quickly the behavior of these companies change when they're going to be held financially responsible uh, for the decisions that they make when violation of your First Amendment rights. 
but it still protects Section 230 for your small startups like Parler and some of your conservative groups that would get sued out of existence. Um, so, but the big guys wouldn't have liability protection if they violate your First Amendment rights. I think that's the, the least that we need to do to start attacking this problem that we're seeing um, that's now very evident because of the Twitter drops that uh, Elon Musk have done. And going back to the issue here, Democrats and Republicans, it, it, it's no longer, that is no longer the paradigm. Uh, it is a Marxist, dim, driven Democrat party that is trying to fundamentally transform, as Obama promised uh, in his administration, that he would do. And here he is in the third term of his administration doing just that. The American people understand that these are not just uh, the neighborhood Democrat uh, who also goes to the Rotary Club with their Republican buddies. These, these are a total committed force at work to take down this country, to destroy the family, to destroy uh, every American value, because that stands in the way of the new world order, the new world global order. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I, you're, these, you're right. I mean, these are far left progressive activists that have infiltrated at every level, these big tech companies. I mean, look at James Baker and the things that he's done. I mean, this guy was at the center of the Russia collusion hoax, somehow gets a job uh, at Twitter as a general counsel and was um, doing exactly that for progressive pr protecting um, the Democratic elitists like the Biden family, all while, you know, thwarting conservative speech in this country and freedom of speech. I mean, it's interesting, just since Elon's taken over, and obviously this kind of stuff hasn't been going on. I mean, just in one week, my followers on Twitter went up like 500 uh, people because now I'm not getting uh, shadow banned on the platform. It's just absolutely fascinating. And these people want to destroy our country. They want to uh, infiltrate every aspect of people's thought. And the best way to do that these days is through Twitter, Facebook, and these social media platforms. And my bill will bring this to a head and, and um, put some accountability on all of that. Well, I think it's terrific, and I congratulate you for that. Uh, and I, again, uh, I, I want to say we always give our guests the, the last word. Uh, and I, this, uh, and I sometimes I hate to, to do that because I have more. I want to continue the conversation forever, but I know you're, you've got a lot of pressure on your time. So I'm going to say uh, this is your opportunity to get the last word. I promise it will be the last word. I won't, uh, I won't have a rejoinder or a rebuttal or a further question. Uh, your concluding thoughts, if you will, Congressman. Well, I just want to thank you for having me on again and, and know, and I hope your, your listeners know that there are true conservatives that are up here fighting for our American values every single day. And I will continue to do that in the new conference. And I will say this, you know, we talked a lot about the speaker's race. And I will say this, if whoever's elected speaker is not going to abide by a conservative mandate, uh, I feel strongly that the rules are going to get changed on that motion to vacate the chair. And that person's not going to be there for very long because there's a majority of the conference after this last election cycle that I feel strongly are true conservatives. And if we are not up here doing what the American people want us to do, especially in such a slim majority that we have, um, then the person that's in charge of us is going to be held accountable for that. And uh, just know that I'm up here fighting every single day for our Constitution and our American values. And thanks so much for having me on again. Congressman Greg Stubbe, a great American. He has, I believe, a great future on Capitol Hill. 
Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. For any thoughts you might have about today's show, subjects, and guests, please email me at lou at loudobs.com. That's lou at loudobs.com. Here tomorrow, we'll continue our discussion about the Republican leadership, the most important challenges facing the Congress and the nation because of the Biden regime's enmity toward America that drives their policies and their assault on the republic. The Center for Renewing America's President, Russ Vogt, is our guest tomorrow. Please be with us. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.